everybody. In Houston, I'm John Herter. It's Tuesday, the 26th day of January. Great as always to have you along, everybody. In a nutshell, From the Experts show is a compressed virtual networking accelerator, helping people across industries connect very quickly in a brief, moderated, interactive show format. So what's in it for you? Well, the FTE promise, if all goes well, your curiosity is sparked, new ideas have come to light, and you may have helped yourself and others in this network solve a problem or reach their opportunity faster. Networking has never been more important to your business. Do yourselves a favor, turn on your screen and make sure your full name is in on that because studies show that we're all more connected when we can actually see each other. Today's show is gonna trigger some ideas and questions, so be sure and share them with the group in the chat box. Now it's my pleasure to introduce our guest speaker, Miguel Calatayud, to the FTE Network. Welcome, Miguel. So, Miguel is a seasoned leader and social entrepreneur in the plant-based food and nutrition industry. CEO of algae-based nutrition companies, EWE and Qualitas Health, his team is doing some pretty amazing things, disruptive things to help feed our growing population in a resource-constrained planet. But of course, there are challenges along the way that have to be innovated around to find working solutions. And that's what we're asking Miguel, as he tells a story, to unpack a little of that with us today on the show. Miguel, thanks again for making time. I'll turn the floor over to you now. Thank you very much, John, for inviting me here. Um, really appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, for joining us today. So as, as John said, my name is Miguel. I've been in the food industry for over 22 years. I used to grow a lot of vegetables, like 700 million pounds of vegetables a year. So a lot of vegetables um, in the frozen food industry and, and then in different industries, touching proteins, but mainly food related. And since 2016, um, leading a beautiful, wonderful project, which is also plant related, but with a very special and uh, very interesting plant is the most productive plant I've ever seen in, in, in planet Earth. It's called Nanochloropsis and it's a microscopic algae that we grow in deserts. We, we are growing it in the desert of Texas uh, and New Mexico. We have two big farms in order to produce uh, some amazing products. I, I would love to share with you um, a, a presentation in, and maybe we can, we can take it from there. So, one of the challenges that you know we all have is why are we doing what we do? And and our company has a clear purpose. This is something I wrote on a on a breakfast uh, bill a, a few years ago. And our purpose is together we create sustainable food solutions for everyone and our planet. And it's very important because what we do is we create food and nutrients not for vegan people but for everybody, including vegan people. And that, that is very important because uh, what we are creating are products that beat or exceeds the expectations of general consumers. And that's the way to go. Um, you've probably seen this somewhere else. We, we are today about 7.8 billion people and we are moving to 10 billion people. And the big question is how are we going to feed all those people? And the answer is doing more with less, but also using resources that otherwise would not be utilized. 
And this is what we do. Uh, we have a very unique technology. Uh, we have a, a proprietary technology. We are the only ones who, who, who can produce these products. We grow a unique algae using non-arable land, salt water, and the sun as main source of energy. We consume CO2 and we release oxygen. Uh, we are creating jobs in the middle of rural areas. And as I normally say, we, we are proud because we are democratizing farming as we can bring farming to places in the world where they could not even dream about it. We, we can create jobs while creating an amazing company, right? Um, just to give you an example, one of the main challenges we have on this journey to go from 7.8 billion people to 10 billion people is, the, the, do we have enough arable land? And that's a big question in, in my previous life. Um, that was one of the things we had to do. We needed to find more and more acres to keep growing the business. And just to give you an idea, and everybody talks about peas and, and beef and in an acre of land, and I'm breaking down the protein into essential amino acids to be able to compare apples with apples, right? In an acre of land, you can grow about 20 pounds of essential amino acids per acre per year from peas. You can grow about 71 pounds of essential amino acids per acre per year from beef. We produce 6,000. That's really a breakthrough already. But it's even more important when I tell you that we are not competing with other crops, like the ones I've been growing all my life, um, because we don't need the land. Uh, we just use the land as a placeholder. We don't need the land to, to grow vegetables, right? So that's really interesting because our solution is not instead of com other conventional solutions, our solution is in addition to conventional crops. And when we go to the other side, it is the fresh water consumption, which really is the main concern we have. In my opinion, the third world war will be around water. And, and as you can see, many people are taking positions on, on aquifers all over the world, because that's, that's a big question, right? Do we have enough water? And the answer is no, by the way. If we continue with the same um, supply chain that we currently have today, there will not be enough water to feed 10 billion people. So what are we going to do differently, right? And in our case, our technology allows us to produce a significant amount of food and nutrients using, uh, using non-arable land and using salt water. So in an acre, in order to produce one pound of essential amino acids from peas, just to follow with the example we, we saw before, you need about 9,000 gallons of fresh water in order to produce one pound of essential amino acids. In order to produce one pound of essential amino acids from beef, you need about 17,000 gallons of fresh water, which is a lot. But look at almonds. Many people talk about almonds as a solution. Actually, in terms of uh, water, they require a lot of water in order to produce protein. What we do with this, we, we are getting products that are unbelievable. We, we have the, the most up, the, the most bioavailable omega-3 in the planet. It is plant-based but and it's sustainable. But the best thing I can say about our omega-3 is that it is the best in the market. Uh, we are the only ones in a polar lipid form with a very high absorption. And we have a patent on that until 2033. Uh, and then we also grow protein. But in addition to that, we've done a lot of clinical studies and we have amazing results, showing a significant decrease in total cholesterol, a significant decrease 
on VLDL, which is one of the bad cholesterols. And this is 120 people double blind placebo done by a third party a CRO in, in, uh, in Australia. So we are investing heavily in science and clinical studies in order to prove our technology. And once you remove the oil, what is left? It is pure protein. And our protein is very unique. And as I mentioned before, we have a, a you know, I've been in, involved in the, in the protein world for forever. And you have plant-based proteins, which is the, you know, the new boom right now and the animal proteins. The main challenge plant-based proteins have is that they normally don't have all the essential amino acids. And the ones they have not always are at the level that the FAO recommends. In our case, we do have all the essential amino acids and we have more total essential amino acids than egg and whey. And by the way, each of our essential amino acids meet or exceed the FAO requirements. So we are not just another protein, we are on the top of the food chain. We are even more than egg and whey. So this is really a revolution. So coming from a sustainable project, creating plant-based products and helping uh, you know, rural communities, which is great by itself, um, we are able to just generate the most efficient and most complex protein we've ever seen in the market and we will be launching next year and the best omega-3, which is in the market. So we are super excited because we are combining, you know, a great value proposition with a beautiful novel cause, right? Huge business, huge opportunity in the world, especially on the plant-based protein, which is a great thing for as a business. And just as a quick summary, we, you know, we have a very unique technology we have all the blessings, FDA, we have patents, we have clinical studies supporting us. We have a, an amazing online business, which is growing uh, exponentially month over month. And we are present in the main retailers in the United States. And hopefully we'll get this year to Australia, India, and other countries. We have a, a partnership because we want to give back. And we have a partnership within organization called Ocean Unite. Their goal is to protect, go from 3% of the ocean protected to 30% of the ocean protected by 2030. And we decided that that is a cause that we want to support because it's a very transparent organization. It's led by Karen Shack, which is a very well-known uh, executive in, in um, activists but very very professionally and we are donating one percent of our net sales to that organization we are also revolution you know we we are bringing a revolution to the packaging one of the challenges that our customers were asking us is hey all your packaging is plastic is half empty what do you do and you know when we listen to your customers we came with solutions which are you know amazing all paper sustainable so it is is we are selling all these products, but now we are going to start, you know, launching bars and smoothies and many other things, food related, more than supplement related. One thing that I've been working for many years lately is on uh, adult nutrition, sports nutrition, and personalized nutrition. And with our unique protein, we are going to start creating functional products that not just will 
provide you with the food and the protein you need, but also will give you the nutrients you need. So instead of having soft gel, you will be able to properly feed your body with our products. So this is a very quick overview. We are now expanding internationally. And um, after that, I would like to open the floor for questions, see if that's okay. Absolutely. So I've got the first one that popped up, uh, Miguel. It says, what's the source or the salt water and how much is used per pound of product? That's a very good question. So the source of water we have, um, and is, this is very interesting. Most deserts in the world are full of water. Uh, the challenge is that water is high salinity and high minerality, which cannot be used for any other purpose. In this case, both in, the, in, in our, we are in the Permian area in Texas, close to um, Amarillo, close to Midland, just a huge aquifer. And then in New Mexico, we are in Columbus, New Mexico, we, we have another farm and there's another big aquifer. Um, so first of all, we use water that otherwise would not be utilized for any purpose, but because sustainability is a big thing and our goal is to leave the, the land uh, we use as close to um, as we found it, we have a technology that allows us to use and reuse the water we harvest over 85, over 98%. So we just keep harvesting and reusing it over and over and over again. And the only water we use is the evaporation water, but we are not taking the water with us. We are just reusing that water over and over again. Okay, so we've got another just one coming. Just keep adding the, 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 the water we use, we lose on the evaporation, right? Question on the uh, your product. Does it contain all the nutrients, amino acids that a person actually needs? So the protein, yes. And um, our protein is the most complex protein I've ever seen. We are really fascinated. We, we didn't expect our protein to be that way, but it's kind of like a gift. It, it's really amazing. And, and we just recently um, uh, wrote a, a new round and we are now going to grow dramatically on the on the protein side, we are now scaling the, the we are doing some pilot plans uh, and we are, sorry, we are industrializing our process and we are doing some pilot plans um, on, with a couple of partners in order to take our protein and our protein products to market uh, early 2022. Thanks. Hey, Susan, Paulus, would you mind uh, just turning on your speaker and asking your question? Hi, I'm just curious if this is a fermented um, algae product. That's a very good question. So most algae products that are in the market, especially all the other omega-3s are coming for, from fermentation. That's, and it's not good or bad, it's a different process. What they do is they take algae, they just put it in a vat, they add sugar, and they add temperature, so a lot of energy. And then what they do is they ferment and then they take omega-3 or other products. In our case, we, again, I, I don't know if you heard, but I, I've been a farmer all my life at, at the biggest scale. And what we do is we farm, we have open ponds. 
So we just have open raceways and we grow algae in those raceways. So we don't use fermentation. It is just natural growth. And that's why we have chlorophyll because we do photosynthesis in our, so we grow this different technology by like a regular vegetable. That's why it's super exciting. And that's why the products we are getting out of it, nobody else have them because it's very unique. And nobody, by the way, nobody has been able to grow uh, nanochloropsis at a scale successfully so far. So you have chlorophyll in your product, whereas the fermented uh, algae probably does not have chlorophyll. Is that correct? Yes. So it, it, yes, that's correct. So because in order to do chlorophyll, you need to grow and you need the sun, right? So you need to do photosynthesis and the photosynthesis is what is produced in the chlorophyll. So you need that you either do it in open ponds as we do. Some people do photobioreactors, but it's difficult to scale, at least at the scale we are. We are at a massive scale. We Just to give you a perspective, I mean, I was, I used to grow a lot of peas. I used to grow about 120, 140 million pounds of peas per year. So I know peas a little bit. Our 150 acres equals to 45,000 acres of peas in terms of production of essential amino acids. So it's really a breakthrough. So we have Omar. Uh, Omar, would you just ask your question, please? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Miguel, I noticed that the yielded amino acids you had was uh, the highest compared to other sources. It was, I think, close to 6,000. Um, so are there any limitations that you can actually tweak or modify to even take it beyond that? The answer is always yes, right? We, in, and um, uh, by the way, it's already at the very high level. Uh, using fermentation, some people, you know, it's a different technology, right? And you don't measure per acre. So you, you can use fermentation, you can push productivity uh, a lot. So you could get other technologies, but it's a different algae and you will not get the same type of protein we have, right? In our case, what we are working on is we continue, so we have two farms and one of them, we use it basically for R&D. And we are trying to, we've chosen not to use a GMO algae not because we believe it's good or bad, but because our consumers are asking us not to use GMO. And I always you know, follow what our consumers tell us. And in, in this particular case, we have a strain, which is a common strain. What we've done differently from anybody else is to put it in, in easy terms. We've taken our strain to the gym. We are feeding our with very healthy food. So we have a very strong and very healthy and very productive strain, if I may, without modifying it genetically. That, does it make sense? Yeah, thanks, Miguel. Thank you, Mark. So uh, one of our colleagues, Dr. Stone Zhang, who's an entrepreneur uh, between here and China, he's asking, what are the regulatory requirements or processes to sell your product into the Chinese market? And how long does it take to get approval? And I think that was one of the areas uh, we talked about, Miguel, earlier on the phone. Actually, that is a very good question. And that is one of the challenges in general. It's one of the beauties, by the way, and one of the challenges. So um, one of the challenges when you are innovating, especially in food and nutrition, are the regulatory processes. So it's not that we just go and we, we, we are get you know, clear by the FDA and we are good to go everywhere. No, we spend 
a significant amount of money. We, we talk about between $800,000 and $2 million to just get the approval in Europe, to get the approval by the FDA. We have to do the same thing in Australia. Australia, the TGA, hopefully will take, will get the approval in a couple of months. Uh, but if it has taken us over three years, actually four years. So it's a very tedious process. And that is one of the entry barriers in different markets. And this is one of the challenges also for expansion. So China is very, in particular, is very strict. There, there are um, different companies and there are different ways to enter in China, but the regulatory process in China for a new ingredient like ours, it is going to take similar to the FDA or the, you know, or the USDA or the TEA. So it's, it's going to take a significant amount of money in at least one year. Um, okay, so then, you know, thinking technology, we've got Matt who's asking about the infrastructure, your farming setup. Is that something he's asking that you would or could move to the sea? Is that beneficial for you? So very, also very good question. And the answer is you can do whatever you want, uh, but there's people growing macroalgae in the ocean. It will be impossible to grow microalgae in the ocean. First of all, because it will get lost, right? You cannot contain. So in the end, uh, that would be very difficult, but you could have your farm next to the ocean, right? The challenge there is that the water from the, on the ocean contains thousands of other algaes that will be competing with your algae. It contains other microorganisms that we don't know what they might do to our, and it changes every day. So it's difficult to control your water source. And then you have heavy metals potentially, depending on the area where you are. So it's more difficult to control the source. In our case, we chose deserts. First of all, because we are insulated from any other crop. We have the sun we need because the sun is a very important thing for our photosynthesis to grow as many months as possible. But also because the source of water is controlled. Those aquifers have been there for hundreds of thousands of years. They have high salinity and high minerality, but they are always the same. They are super clean, really good. So we know, by the way, we keep analyzing the water every day because that is one of the inputs in, in food safety for us is priority number one, but we control the source and we minimize the challenges from other species. By the way, we have challenges because there are other algaes flying in the air. There are other algaes coming in the soil and there are other bacteria and microorganisms like same thing as when you are growing broccoli or you are growing peas or you are growing any other vegetable. So it's no different from any other vegetable. What we do is we, are, we don't use any pesticides. We use just conventional products to, to like uh, uh, like fertilizers to to feed the algae like another, but we don't use any pesticides. So for us, it's critical to make the algae as strong as possible for it to outgrow any other competitor. And then we have some techniques to fight potential, you know, bacteria or presence or anything. And then the key we have is we have a very unique harvesting and we were talking about the, the technology. We have a very unique technology. We do microfiltration. Uh, our algae is smaller than bacteria, by the way. So, so it, it's really, that's called nanochloropsis. It's extremely small and extremely beautiful, by the way. 
And, and so in our technology, it's also cleaning process. Actually, the water, once we harvest it, regardless of the water you take, you can drink that water. It will be salty because it's salt water, but you can drink that water because we really purify that. It's like, it's a technology that you use in any water treatment plant, but in some cases taken to, to asteroids. Miguel, we've got uh, just a couple more minutes. So I'm thinking about, you know, we've got a diverse audience here, you know, from CEOs to companies that are in digital marketing to uh, oil and gas, to chemicals, to food and beverage. Is there anything on your mind that, uh, you know, these folks are maybe potential channels or certainly clients? I mean, anything you want to ask? So, so for sure. So what, uh, I'm always looking for collaboration opportunities. That is number one. Um, as I always say, I'm, I'm married. I have two kids. Uh, I will never be right again in my life. I just want to be successful. <laughs> and, and in order to do that, um, you, you, sometimes you need to partner with other people in order to, to go faster. And not, you know, if someone has gone to a certain level, why do you need to use resources to get there? Just find partnerships. So we have different opportunities in our, I'm always looking for technologies that can help us be more efficient on the harvesting side or on the feeding side. I'm certainly looking for cheap CO2. So one of the main problems, everybody talks about CO2 and they don't know what to do with the CO2. Just bring it to me. I mean, my main cost is CO2. I buy trucks every week of CO2 and is the most expensive input that I have in order to feed our algae. So we feed our algae with CO2 and we release oxygen. So we are doing an amazing service to the world. I mean, Elon Musk just uh, released a hundred million dollar uh, uh, prize for someone who talks about carbon capture. We have the most efficient carbon capture technology in the planet because at the same time it's producing food, right? So, so that's a very uh, exciting thing. So any collaboration on uh, on the uh, CO2 business, especially people on the oil and gas and, and chemical industries or, or technology is, is help. And, and the second aspect, which is very important, it is the customer aspect, right? In, in, in our case, we believe that w- our approach is completely different from other companies that they have a technology, they have a product, and then they try to sell. We have a technology, but our technology is just a platform. And with that platform, we try to understand what the customer needs are. And we create products that beat or exceeds whatever is available for those needs. And, you know, in that particular case, any collaboration on, on you know, enzymatic process or in order to make things even more bioavailable, I'm completely open. So again, we are a very transparent and open company who always is looking for collaborations I'm always looking to meet people who are smarter than I am, which is very easy, by the way. Uh, so if anybody have something that you can, you believe it can contribute to our business, I would be super happy to, to hear about it. I, I've, got, I've got several uh, oil and gas guys that in the chat saying they've got CO2 they want to sell to you. So I think maybe they'll contact you later. <laughs> I, you know, I like the zero dollars price. It's an amazing uh, starting point for the discussion. And then let's take it from there. Hey, one, one last thing, and then we'll move to the next session. Uh, this is a little bit about the marketplace. A lot of protein products out there. How do you compete? Is it based on cost? 
certain markets uh, would you be more competitive in? Can you lay the landscape for us a little bit there? So that's a very good question. So we are not another protein. And that's why I'm excited about this. Uh, what we are bringing to market, it's a completely different protein that doesn't exist in terms of functionality. So it's a protein that has all the essential amino, the, the, the gold standards in protein are egg and whey. In our case, we have more total essential amino acids than egg and whey. And one thing which is something very unique that no other plant-based protein have, we have what is called branch chain amino acids. And we have more branch chain amino acids than egg and whey is what we use to build muscle. So our protein is not going to be a competition to pea protein or to soy protein or to whey or to egg. Our protein is going to, is allowing us to focus on sports nutrition, adult nutrition and personalized nutrition. So that's very important. And the second aspect is it has very unique properties, organoleptic properties, like pea protein and other proteins are not soluble in water. Our protein is very soluble in water. So in addition to bars, which is easy to mask any you know, protein, we can do drinks. And that tastes good, is extremely soluble. And because of that is also the you know, high bioavailability. So we have a very exciting protein and we are not going to compete with um, commodities out there. We have very specific, a very specific plan for that protein. Again, repeat focus on adult nutrition, personalized nutrition, and sports nutrition. Okay, thanks, Miguel. So we've got a few more questions, but I think what we'll do, the great thing about this is we can capture them and I'll follow up with you, Miguel. We've got also several uh, people that would like to connect. But what I'd like to do now is thank you once again uh, for sharing this amazing journey. And uh, it was really cool sharing uh, a little bit of that with you and where you are now. I'd like to roll over to what we call uh, the leads and needs or the group networking session. So the question for the networking group here is how can FTE help your business? We have to ask each other. So you've got to show uh, each show our members meet up here and we experiment with new ways to help you engage and interact with each other. Because what we know is more trust in the group promotes richer, stronger networking, accelerates connections, getting you to the opportunity faster. Well, you get it. Well, today, our roundtable question for the group is, how will the Biden administration actually impact your business? What are you thinking? So in a few words, tell us what your business is, your priorities today, and you know, reflect on how might the Biden administration impact your business. It's a good time to share what ask you have with the group. I have any volunteers out there that'd like to get us started? Yeah, John, I probably can get you started, at least from uh, the NASA side and what we're expecting. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to work at uh, Johnson Space Center since the Bush senior administration. We've seen a couple of administration changes. And for us, um, uh, the names of some projects may change, but the, the budget pretty much is the same. Uh, has a, it pretty much is year to year. Uh, and so I, we don't really expect that much uh, in changes. We uh, uh, Administrator will change, uh, 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 which actually uh, Bridenstine was a pretty good administrator and we'll see what the new one does. Uh, but I think from the direction of the big projects that we're doing, 
uh, Orion Space Launch System and the deep space goals, uh, I don't expect them to change that much. Okay, cool, thanks. Uh, Sarah, you out there? What, what's on your mind? Yes, I'm here. Um, so I'm Sarah Delil, I work for Equinor, which is the Norwegian um, energy company. Um, when it comes to how the Biden administration uh, going to impact Equinor, I think we are still trying to assess it. Equinor is already in a green transition. So if the Biden administration encourages the, the green transition, that means we will just go faster. And as you, you know, in, in the US, we are building a big project, um, a big wind energy um, uh, projects. So we will probably go faster uh, or even more projects there. When it comes to oil and gas, this is really the big question mark, uh, what the impact will be. Uh, we are still uh, an oil and gas company in addition to other sources of energy. So we'll just have to uh, wait and see how, how the impact will be. But that is where we are not 100% sure how the impact uh, will be for us in the US, especially. Mm. Hmm. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, this is Regan Rodriguez. Is it okay for me to, I didn't know if I interrupted. Or right on, go right on, Regan. Yeah, yeah, I, what my business is in is we collect plastic from the ocean and convert it into sustainable housing. So to give you guys an idea of how much we recycle, each uh, of our worthy domes recycles 15 bottles per square foot. So I guess if you were to build a thousand square foot dome, it would recycle 15,000 bottles. Um, I, I just share that because John, you had mentioned how we can all benefit from, from this group that you've put together with, uh, from the experts. I, uh, so if anyone would like to network or if you feel that, you know, your business might be synergistic or you think that it would be to your benefit to connect, then, then feel free to, to email me. I'm at reagan at worthydomes.com. Uh, to answer the question though, which is a really good question, and I was thinking about it uh, actually this weekend. And the, the answer is, I, I think that we all need to be actionary in our business so that that way we're not uh, concentrating on being, um, you know, reactionary to, to, to the government. You know, of course, we all know that, that the, the interplay and in energy, which is, um, you know, it's unlikely to change. Let, let's be honest. However, it, it's our ability to create impact is our action. So what is our action-driven focus for 2021? Uh, the, the reason I share that is I, I had a Zoom just two hours ago from an organization that works with the homeless. And they asked me that very same question. So that's, I thought it was very appropriate. And, and, and what I told them is let's not forget that, that taking action and uh, for them to continue to talk with people that want to make donations right. is the key, not to just sit back and think, now that Biden is president, there's going to be grants given to, to people like, like us. Got it. Thanks, Reagan. So let's move from there. What about venture capital and private equity? Thomas, are you still with us? What, what's, your, what's your take? 
Yeah, uh, Thomas Henry from Unique Ventures, uh, uh, hybrid energy accelerator based in Houston, uh, soon to be opening up in Canada. Um, we look at um, innovation from the entire spectrum, the energy spectrum. Um, initially, it was um, uh, comprised of working for the alliance partners. Actually, Equinor is one of them. Um, we have Hess and Technip FMC as our partners. Um, now, what we see uh, from the so-called, I, I don't want to talk about the investment uh, um, what do you call it, uh, area, because they go wherever the, there's money to be made, correct? But if you take a look at just the energy industry uh, in general, whether it's an OEM type uh, company or a pure ENP type company, you're going to see with the new Biden administration that increased emphasis on ESG type activities. I think that's the starting point, correct? Um, that's easy emission uh, reduction. If you take a look at emission reduction as a value chain, then you got everything from digital solutions to hard signs where you're using green materials and improving your manufacturing type um, capacity, maybe using hydrogen as a source of uh, fuel, uh, including carbon capture. So that whole ESG value chain, you know, uh, can be dissected in so many different ways. Uh, so we see increased emphasis in, in, in reduction of, of uh, greenhouse gas emissions, much more efficient use of water um, technology uh, that has already uh, been kind of a, a, a strong point from, from, from previous years, but increased emphasis in that. Any, anything that you're looking for in particular right now, Thomas? Oh, um, what do you call it? Uh, I, I would advise going to the website, but uh, the, the, the main thing is what we have done is from last year, I mean, there is continuity from last year. We had six areas where we look for technologies and the, the, the first three areas are typical ENP type technologies, but you cannot say that it's typically ENP because when we take a look at digital footprint, correct, or digital uh, technologies, you know, now we see startups coming up with um, uh, the, the line that we are reducing carbon footprint. So everything from digital technologies to what we talk about carbon sequestration or CCUS and hydrogen technology. Got it. Thanks. Well, let's switch from that. Uh, hey, Hogan, why don't you talk, since we were talking digital, why don't we move to the marketing side of things and tell us a little bit about what you're saying. We're not real sure. So Jeff Hogan, uh, CEO of 360 Connect, we help customers, we help companies find new customers using digital marketing. And we're sort of bracing. We're not really sure what's coming. Of course, they're all talking about Section 230 and how they're going to start regulating the internet. And uh, you know, the big companies have tons of lawyers. They can afford to hire people to defend themselves if they do pull away 230, uh, but the smaller companies don't. So it's going to be tough if they try and change it and just outright appeal it. If they change it to something smarter, then we'll be in good shape. But uh, many, many companies rely on these big social media uh, custom companies for their customers. So it's going to be watched very closely by those of us to see what's going to happen. Not sure. But more broadly speaking, you know, not being in, in environmentally oriented or oil and gas or anything like that, just regular old business that has offices and things like that. We're not looking forward to heavier regulations and, and, and sort of you know, sort of, it's been kind of a hiatus for four years. You know, we used to have to hire two or three people just to keep up with the stuff that was thrown at us. And now it's been kind of quiet, right? We just can focus on growing and focus on training our teams. So the Obama administration, we think is going to make life harder on us. 
and not necessarily improve life just from a business operation standpoint. In terms of digital marketing, we're watching, we're, we're, we're bracing. Every time they think they're changing something for the good, it's like the mortgage documents at the end of signing a you know, mortgage is three inches high and it's not different from when it was two inches or one inch high. You know? So not real sure what's coming, but we believe there will be change. Cool. Um, hey, hey John, can, can I ask a question of Jeff? Go yeah. for it. Yeah, I, I'm curious what your take is on uh, people switching from different uh, social media platforms now. It seems like people are leaving Twitter and Facebook and droves for alternatives. How does that affect you? There, we, we just kind of go where the eyeballs are. I mean, we go where there's targeted audiences where we can find customers for our customers. So we go wherever. We're platform agnostic. Uh, so, you know, it's all a question of scope and scale. You know, just like any relationship, the more customers, the more traffic or benefit you can get out of it, uh, the better because it's fewer relationships to manage. But if an audience is targeted enough and it's attractive to our customers and that's our job, we'll go find them even if we have to segment. In some ways, we would prefer more segmentation. Google um, makes life very hard by obfuscating the details of what's happening behind the scenes. You know, 10 years ago, they told you everything. And now they're getting closer and closer to telling you nothing. They're black boxing their service. So in some ways, competition is really good. It does, doesn't hurt our feelings to, to have some competitors to Google, even though they're one of our largest suppliers. 10 points for obfuscating, 10 points. <laughs> uh, anybody else? We've got maybe time for just one more, and then we're going to move on. Okay, well, it sounds like that was the last word. So if you want more of this, be sure to join our next show on February 9th. That's going to be fully dedicated to B2B networking with industry breakouts. Now, work from the FTE underwriters. Like your competitors, your firm is looking for smart places to spend marketing trade show dollars, just like Hogan Dom said. You need to increase your online presence with targeted decision makers and influencers. Well, FTE is now offering our industry underwriter program. Each industry vertical will have only three slots. It's truly a limited and unique virtual channel to the market. If you're interested in learning more, talk to me. So how are we doing? Please click on the survey link that's coming into the chat box now. 60 seconds or less, your ideas and feedback are critical to make the show better and better. And FTE, of course, belongs to you, the members. It's your networking platform. So why not share the opportunity with those that you want to connect with? It's easy. Just forward the FTE email or click on Invite Connections on the LinkedIn event page. Super simple. If you want to go deeper, join our Slack channel and you can continue the conversation with anybody on this call or other folks that are already in the network. And if you haven't, please make sure, go ahead and finish that survey now. Well, folks, we are out of time. Our next show, two weeks, February 9th, B2B Roundtable. Uh, you don't want to miss it. So sign up right now on our website, fte.network. Miguel, thank you once again. Really enjoyed the conversation, made us think, got new ideas, some new connections. We'll follow up uh, with what's come across the board. And I want to thank each and every one of you allowing FTE show to make this the smartest 45 minutes of your day. That's the end of the show. I wish all of you a peaceful, joyful speed to your next opportunity. 
So take care. We'll see you next time.